Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Welcome to the Mystic Order of East Alabama Fiction Writers. I'm Mystic Gale, the Mystic Queen. I'm Marion, the Mystic Dog Whisperer. And I am Mary, the Nebulous Mystic. And this is podcast number 12. It's the end of our season one, and we hope you've enjoyed it. And season two will start Wednesday, January 9th of the new year, 2020. And we hope everyone will tune in to the Mystic Orders podcast. Today we have a guest, Hans Paul, who's currently living in Birmingham and living a retired life. Hans has been my friend for many years, and the things I know about Hans is he loves karate, he loves his dog Dottie, who's a a rescue dog from a hurricane, and uh, he loves birds. And so welcome, Hans. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I'm honored. As well you should be. Well, Hans, tell us a little bit about your bird watching, and then we'll start talking about our subject for today, islands. Thank you. As I've gotten older, I've become more interested in bird watching because I've decided it's an activity that engages multiple senses, and I'm concerned about the diminishment of those senses. The bird senses? The the Hans senses. Because <laughs> I haven't noticed my birds getting a bit stupider. Well, I've noticed Hans getting a bit stupider <laughs> frequently. My birds are getting smarter, as a matter of fact. And it's a, you know, seriously, it's a wonderful activity because I enjoy being outside. And typically the people you meet outside are good people. They're with a breadth of interests, and it's fun to be outside. But Hans, I heard that it was only little old ladies with gray hair and maybe a blue tint to the hair that watched birds, so what's up with that? Well, I haven't gotten my hair tinted yet, but there, <laughs> there certainly are those characters out there. Well, Katie's husband, Kevin, Katie the Missing Mystic, one of the Missing Mystics today, her husband, Kevin, is a birder, and I think Katie goes with him on a lot of those trips. It's a shame she's not here to add something to the bird. She says she's a bird appreciator. A bird appreciator. Well, enough about birds. We ought to do a whole podcast on birds and have Hans come back. But um, today we're talking about islands. And as usual, I emailed everyone an outline which no one seems to follow ever. But the one thing I told them I really did want to talk about is the three people you would like on a deserted island with you. So, Mary, do you have an answer to that question? I do, but as usual, I did not follow directions. I only listed two people, because if I'm going to be on a deserted island, I don't want a bunch of people. I want two. I want my husband, because he's my husband. And I want Tarzan, because he knows how to do island things that I don't know how to do. <laughs> so are you changing your name to Jane with your husband? I'll be, I'll be the Jane, but I definitely want Tarzan there, because he 
can't he build tarps and hammocks and can't houses? Can't Tarzan? No, Tarzan does not build anymore. tarps. He doesn't. No, he builds tree houses. That's okay. I live in a tree house. Okay. So that that's all I'm bringing. I'm sorry. Only two. What about the chimpanzee? Does Tarzan have a chimpanzee? <laughs> or a monkey? Cheetah. He can come. She can come. Cheetah. That's fine. That'll be my third. <laughs> well, Marion, who's your island companion? Oh, uh, mine would only be dogs, Brit Box, <laughs> and Akron TV. I see. If I starve to death, I'll starve to death, surrounded by my dogs and my British mysteries. Not one single person with you? Well, I would say John David, but he wouldn't want to be there. That's your son. That's your my darling son. son. <laughs> he, he, would, he would not want me to choose him. Okay. Well, we're to our guest, Hans. Hans, do you have anyone you want to spit, uh, put on your island? Absolutely. I w- thought about this, and I immediately came up with three people. Gail, you're one of them. Oh, yay. Ooh, la, la. Yay. What an honor. Uh, keep the uh, humor at the appropriate level. The other one is Todd Stedman, who is a friend of mine who's so sensitive, just a wonderful cook, responsible, Where organized. does Todd live? Todd lives in Clemson. Clemson. I've met Todd, have I not? I think he helped move. Oh, cool. The uh, All of Hans' friends came down here with Hans and moved me into my new house, which is not so new anymore. I've been here two years. So I think that's kind of cool. Well, who's your third person? I think the third person would be Jim Pitts, who's a musician. So if he brought his guitar along, there would be entertainment. Uh-oh, Mary. I'm thinking I want a musician on my island. Okay. I'll take Jim Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Chris Christopherson, but he's then, so old. Then I had, then I had. <laughs> he that, can't help you fish. Then if I, then I had that struggle, you know. Well, if I if I'm going to choose Chris, what about Rodney Crowell? What about Kinky Friedman? What about Willie Nelson? Willie Nelson's retiring. Well, he. What could, about Willie Nelson's precious son? Or Merle Haggard's sons. Okay, there you but go. But they might think. If they, they can sing like Merle, which is great, but if they think like Merle, not so much when I'm on my island. Oh, okay. Well, Merle and I did not see eye to eye on things. We did not share a world view. I see. Um, how did you meet Todd Stedman, Hans? I met Todd Stedman years ago when Lori and I were living in a house in Vestavia, Alabama. Lori's the, the lovely wife. wife. And we decided we needed a landscape plan. And one day the... But I noticed in the paper, we still had newspapers and people still read them, that the Botanical Gardens was having a seminar on landscape design. And so I ponied up my $50 or whatever it was and attended it. And there were two speakers, one of whom, can't remember the first guy's name, but he was a garden designer. And then the other one was Todd Stedman. And so I took dutiful notes, and when I got home, I called the first guy who promptly told me that he didn't think he was who I wanted, <laughs> that I should call the other An guy. guy. That's what I tell a lot of my callers. <laughs> I say, call and the so other mystics. I am not the one. <laughs> I called Todd Stedman, and Todd Stedman came over, and it's one of those rare moments in life where... You meet a kindred soul. You do. You sit down and... Yeah. You know. I've seen your backyard. I don't think he did anything but talk with you. Well, in the ensuing years, I figured out that there's a difference between people who design and people who implement. 
And there's no implementers in this group. No. <laughs> it's just a shame. That's kind of like uh, the mystics, right? <laughs> I, I was thinking about bringing Todd to my island until I heard he was only a designer. So I'm, I'm, keep, uh, I'm keeping Tarzan and the no, musician. Todd is a wonderful cook. He's intellectually brilliant. Okay, I see why I made it to the island for my cooking skills. (laughs) (laughs) My three people, the first one is Sir Charles Barkley, because he's hilarious, and every time you see him on TV, he has orange and blue everything around him, which I think Uh is wonderful, and tribute to Auburn University, and of course their basketball team. I thought Charles was going to have a coronary last year when we made it to the the end of the, what was that, Sweet 16, is that what they call it, or Sweet 14, Sweet 12, whatever. But I also want to encourage Charles, if he's listening to this broadcast, he's often said he wanted to run for governor of Alabama, and Charles, I'm down on my knees begging you to. Yeah, come on. <laughs> if not, you could be the governor of Gales Island. <laughs> That's right. You, you can have that, the governor of my island, if you'll just come back, please. And the second person would be my son, Rivers Langley, because he's hilarious. And when you're stuck on an island with sunburn and insects and nowhere to sleep, you need somebody with a good sense of humor. By the way, my son Rivers is the host of Goods from the Woods, a podcast that he and his comedian friends have every week, and it's hilarious. That's the Goods from the Woods. And then the third person I'd have is Rick Steves, who is the person who travels in Europe and writes the books, because I figure he can keep us entertained until somebody rescues us. Then I did have a fourth, since I have a husband, and I think Bobby's feelings will be hurt, to tell him he what didn't make it to the island, but he was a runner-up. <laughs> But he tied with the Dalai Lama. Oh. So uh, he might even be fifth runner-up to the island because the Dalai Lama is pretty intriguing. He would help keep the calm when you panicked. That's right. Well, Bob can come to my island. I've got Tarzan, so. Yeah. Well, when Rivers was about five years old, the Dalai Lama was coming to New York for the year of Tibet to speak. And I said, you know, if things were different and we weren't teaching school every day and we had a ton of money, I would jump on a plane and go see the Dalai Lama. And Rivers at age five said, oh, mom, it'll be on Netflix in a week. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I felt comforted. Well, all right. The other thing I wanted y'all to tell me is what you would take on this island with you. And I'm I'm going to ask Marion because there's no telling what she'd take. Water. Water? Mm-hmm. Because the water that surrounds the island may not be drinkable. That's right. Dog food. Dog food. And since you've mentioned sunburn and bugs, I'm thinking vinegar. Vinegar. That's good. Apple cider vinegar. Well, of course. And Mary, what you taking? I'm bringing my notebooks and I'm bringing these tool pens that the mystics all use because tool ought to be our sponsor. I know we need to write them because we we use these tool pens at all of our functions. We are their best endorsers. We're the endorsers and we sign our books with them and I'm going to I'm just going to call them up. Anyway, I'd bring a case of those and some books, and I'd bring clothes because I get sunburned, and I'd bring food and water, and I'd bring paint because, you know, I could, I'd have all this time I could learn to paint on my island. Which reminds me of Marky. I know what she would bring. She'd bring four bottles of white wine and one bottle of red wine. Those would be her five items. Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> I may have to pony, pony up to Margie's wine bar and get in my little canoe and go over to her island every now and then. 
might be interesting to think what books we might take if we were taking books. Okay, what book would you take? Well, I haven't thought about it. I think I would take Wuthering Heights. That's always a given. Margaret Rinkle's Late Migrations is writing pretty high on my list of books I might want to read and reread. I'm like to essay seven, and I know she's really into birds. Does that go all the way to the end? Well, the cycle of nature goes all the way to the end, and birds are part of that. It's not just birds, but yeah, they're they're still birds. She's coming to Auburn. Twice. Twice. Well, good. So we get a chance to buy her book and have her sign her book. Do you know those dates? Not off the top of my head. There's one real soon, and then another, it seems, in October. She's coming to Auburn University, and she's also coming to Ollie, I believe. And her book is what? Late Migrations. And her name is? Margaret Rinkle, R-E-N-K-L. Is she an Auburn graduate? Yes, she is. Ah. She was editor of The Circle when I used to write. Is The Circle still happening? The Circle is still happening, but many decades back it was zero funded because the winning short story had the F word in it. And someone who ran the printer refused to print the issue because it offended him morally that the F word was in it. <laughs> She's Manise. So they changed. It was actually F blank blank K, which Rod Smith, who was poet in residence here at the time, said was meant to stand for fork. And he didn't know why the printer was offended. <laughs> but after the circle was zero funded, in order to get funding to have a magazine at all again, it had to be changed from a literary magazine to a student interest magazine. So there had to be equally as much about football and whatever students think about. Beer, <laughs> beer, sex. Sex. Beer and sex. I don't know, I don't know that that printer sex. would let sex get through the print machine though but it it had to be dumbed down and not called a literary magazine anymore but it does still exist and there are sometimes good writing in writing it. good photography well look i know that hans hadn't said what he's bringing to the island yet but i gotta say something about the circle when we first moved back to auburn many years ago 28 years ago we found a big box of paper and it, had, it was all printed on one side but not the other side and we had little girls so we brought it home to use for scratch paper and art paper and it was the rejects from submissions to the circle <laughs> so not only did we get to use the blank side for the white paper but we could read the rejects and wow and giggle and guffaw and it lasted for years didn't you tell me that my story to the anthology that solomon george was almost rejected I don't remember telling you that. I thought you said that it was because it was about a murder that happened in Auburn. They felt like... I don't remember that. Oh. I don't recall. Well, good, because I don't like being rejected. Now, I could have scribbled on the back of it. <laughs> okay, Hans, what are you taking to this island? Well, I didn't really think about what I was taking because it said five items you'd select to wash up on your deserted island. Oh, there you go. Probably that, like, 200-foot... $140 million yacht wouldn't be a bad thing to wash <laughs> that up. That would be a good thing. <laughs> I was a thinking of flares, a box of flares. Huh? Why didn't we think of that? <laughs> some wood, at least. We needed some Hans scrap to wood down. and some pitch. <laughs> a match. Whatever pitch is. Uh, a tarp. <laughs> Something to get out of the so sun practical. under. This is, you know, I wasn't sure what else to... Well, are you thinking think. a blow-up doll? Is that what you're thinking? No, that... that 
didn't enter my mind. Box of nails and a hammer. Box of nails and a hammer would be a good one. Always uh, washing you know. up. Case of vintage wines. Mm-hmm. That's enough. That's, That's enough. enough. Yeah, the islands are getting crowded. Mine was a two-way radio, a box of flares, a hatchet. Everybody needs a hatchet on an island, right? In case there's uh, coconuts. Yeah, there's a whole book about the hatchet. Oh, there is? Yeah. Is it called the hatchet? It's called hatchet. Huh. And bug spray and my banky, because I take my banky everywhere. When I'm watching TV, I put my banky on and fall right asleep. Is that like a blanket, <laughs> Gail? Yes, it's a banky. <laughs> Of all people, I wouldn't choose Gail Langley to call her blanket her banky. It's my banky. But now we know. My first banky had so many holes in it like a child's, yeah. you know, um, that I had to replace it. But I wanted it to look exactly like the banky I had had for 10 years. So I searched and searched and I finally found it at the cheap dollar, not the dollar store, but Big Lots. Yeah. Big Lots had my banky. River's banky, every time he'd come home from college, I'd be clearing something out and I'd say can I throw this banky away now it was white and he'd go I'm saving it for my kid oh god <laughs> <laughs> no you're not please tell us you don't suck the corner of your bank no I, I don't I, I suck my my toddy uh. <laughs> I put the banky over my knees and suck my toddy and makes for a great nap in the afternoon. Gail, the, the quick way to get rid of Rivers Banky is to say, Rivers, let me show you all the things I'm saving for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he uh, lives in a, a in a closet in Hollywood, so he doesn't have room for anything I'm saving for him. Well, I also ask all of you to count how many islands you had visited, and if you possibly could, to list them. And so... We've come to that part of the show. And Hans, how many? I, I bet you, you're the most. I bet you win this contest. How many? I haven't counted them. What? Didn't I ask you to count them? What? Somebody didn't follow directions. <laughs> that uh, is roughly so 25. 25. That's good. Somebody didn't follow directions. Well, we'll have to make him a mystic. I know. <laughs> <laughs> automatic in. <laughs> 25, and I've got 14, so we're to 39. How about you, Mary? Am I counting Goat Island and Lake Barton and oh, Moccasin yes. Island oh, and yes. the Coosa River? Absolutely. Okay, well, then I'm going to say 14, but I'm not counting all the islands I've driven across in the Keys. Oh, yeah, Ismadora and all that jazz. Yes. I would say that if I could possibly scrape up five, I'd be doing well, but then I wasn't always aware when we traveled. You weren't? Because you were... Asleep in oh, the yeah. back. Yeah. That's why, nice. Why were you sleeping in the back when you were traveling, Marion? You're missing the... I never enjoyed trips. Because? Because they were too much of a disciplinary... They were too disciplined. Could you have... Uh, preferred to just be on your own little island <laughs> might have preferred that yeah well i'm gonna real quickly list mine ambergris key which is off of belize saint lucia grand bahamas ireland vancouver island which i just returned from dolphin island saint george island which is a wonderful little place long island ono island amelia island martha's vineyard cuba which I visited Cuba, I think, in the spring, and Tybee. Those are my islands. 
Huh. I just added some islands to my list. Did you really? As did I. I did. <laughs> because I had counted the Bahamas as one, and now I can change it to Grand Bahama and Paradise. I forgot Tybee, and I forgot Long Island. So well, now I'm up to some other number. Marion, you want to talk about any of your islands you visited? Um, well, I visited Tybee on my delayed honeymoon. And why was your honeymoon delayed? Because we were broke. Oh, that's a good reason. So we got married and had a lovely Christmas wedding, and all the neighbors and family and friends provided homemade reception food, and it was quite the nice wedding. And my request was that we come back to Auburn and have... This was back when I still ate meat on a regular basis, and I had always wanted steak at the omelet shop because that's where I graded papers. And all I ever got at the omelet shop was coffee, but I'd look around and people would be eating steak. So I said, for our honey, for our honeyman's dinner, let's go back to Auburn and eat steak at the omelet shop, which we did. <laughs> this is sad. And it, was, it was really a letdown. I'm surprised I didn't quit eating meat before I did. But... The next year, our friend Bob was living in Savannah, working as a social worker, and he said, y'all have to come down and see me while I'm living in Savannah. So our other friend, Travis, drove us to Savannah, and we found a, Bob lived in a little apartment, and we found a mattress out on the curb, which we dragged into Bob's living room floor, and that's where my former husband and I slept on our no honeymoon. how poor I am, no matter <laughs> how little money is in my billfold. <laughs> I am not dragging a mattress off the street. Well, that is what we did, and I'm all these years later, I'm still here. Yeah, but that's how you get the Ebola virus. But right now, I don't have it, and I think it's I think the statute of limitations might be up on it from that particular. <laughs> what year was that? Oh my God, I have no memory what year that was because you remember we got married three times, but we've already gone through that in in another podcast. Oh, we have. Yes, we have. Well, so I don't need to hold up the card that says yes and. No, no. This was the actual time where we got married in the church that uh. everybody knew about. But the way that relates to islands is while we were in Savannah, Bob and Travis took us to Tybee Island. So yeah. that's one island I've been to. I went to one in Nicaragua that I don't know the name of through shark-laden waters. Shark-laden waters. Shark-laden waters. And then every time I go home to Jernigan, I drive through Hog Island, but there's no water anywhere in sight. So is there any hogs? Most likely, most <laughs> likely. So I'm not quite sure why Hog Island is named Hog Island, but... The more we talk, I've noticed the more Hans is picking up the mystic toll pen, tool, tool, tool pen, and adding islands. So I'm going to ask Hans to tell us his islands. I'm guessing he's been to Hog Island because yes. that's when he picked up the pen. <laughs> but as we know, there's plenty of, or many a goat island, many a snake island. Where was your Hog Island? It's in rural Russell County. Alabama, mm -hmm. yeah. Alabama. No, I, there's a Hog Island in Maine that has an Audubon camp on really? it. Really? Yeah. Read us your islands, Hans. Dolphin Island. I've been there. Great Britain. Yes, that's next. Honshu, which Where is, is that? Tokyo. Oh. Japan. Cool. Hispaniola. Haiti. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico? Trinidad and Tobago. Grand Bahama. Key West, etc., using Mary's. Mm -hmm. And John Pentacamp, the Coral Reef. Jekyll Island. Jekyll Island, North yes. North Coast of Georgia. Mm -hmm. Martha's Vineyard. Chappaquiddick. Oh, 
So did you visit the Kennedy compound? It's on Martha's Vineyard and did not. Oh. It's just but I did visit John Belushi's grave, which is on Martha's Vineyard. Really? I mm-hmm. went to Martha's Vineyard no. last summer. I wish I'd known that. I wouldn't well, think he'd be buried somewhere so classy. <laughs> he was a classy guy. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> huh. Oh, well, the only thing I has, have to say about Bellucci is last year I bought a very expensive coat that was black and yellow, and I thought it was so cool in the store. And when I got home and put it on, I looked like John Bellucci in his bumblebee outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't decide whether to take it back and get all my money back, which was a lot, or see if I could wear it without people laughing at me. What did you do? I just left it in the closet. I haven't worn it yet. You know, I, I'm good at returning clothes. I could have gone with you. How does one do that? I say I looked like John Bellucci in his bumblebee. I look like John Bellucci in his bumblebee suit. I, I, I can't have this. <laughs> Reason for return. <laughs> yeah, but nobody there can Too spell many Bellucci. People are calling me John Bellucci. Well, what does his grave look like? I have a photograph I can show you. It was um, had the you know requisite whiskey bottles, beer bottles, but mm-hmm. it was fairly well kept in this simple little graveyard, and it was up close to the front as opposed to being hidden in the back somewhere, and had a rough little fence around it. And the if most satisfying thing for me, though, about that trip was that I had visited Jim Pitts out in Santa Fe and we went to see a friend of his who's a had rented a portion of an old Sears store to stock all his eBay items on who's an eBay seller and he had just gotten back from a trip back east and he said he'd gone to Martha's Vineyard and gone to John Belushi's grave and I thought great we had a family wedding in the future on Martha's Vineyard I thought I'm gonna check that one off the list that gives me something to do and so from the minute I got there, I said, we got to go to John Belushi's grave, which mm-hmm. met with significant resistance from my wife. Why? And my daughter. Why? Because she didn't think it was cool. It is cool. It's very it cool. Is cool. She's overridden. I'm usually on her side of their arguments because she's right. Mm-hmm. But this one well, time, Lori. We had family mm-hmm. dynamics at work here because her brother was driving somewhere. And I said, well, John Belushi's grave is right down there. And then he immediately said, well... I've been to Dwayne Allman's grave. I need to go to John Belushi's grave. And at that moment, the look on my wife's face was priceless because I knew I was going to get to go. You got your way. Oh, yeah, you. Well, if Paris was an island, I'd say I'd been to Jim Morrison's grave, but it's not. But isn't Notre Dame on an island? I think it is. Is it? Yeah, I think it it is. It's in the Seine. Yeah. Okay, the Notre Dame Island. Well, listen, when I was in Paris, um, I had a... If you go to Paris, by the way, go June 21st and 22nd. I always like to be... My birthday's June 22nd, so y'all can go ahead and think about gifts out there, audience. But uh, I wanted to go to Paris because it was my birthday. But it's also that time of every year is their music festivals. And there's a band outside of everything. Restaurants, Mm. you know, the Louvre. But anyway, my, this what I was going to tell you about the island of Notre Dame is we didn't know what we were doing, so we just called this uh, tour company and said we'd like to take a cruise down the Seine and, at night. And so they sent somebody who picked us up and drove us an entire block and a half and let us out. <laughs> 
I don't know why we didn't look at a map. This cost us, I think, <laughs> 60 bucks each. And she said she'd pick us up afterwards. <laughs> was it horse-drawn? Not even? <laughs> no, it was a Dang. van. So anyway, that's my little brush with ignorance in Paris, which isn't an island, okay? <laughs> All right. So, Hans, have you finished your list here? Oh, no. Long Island. Oh, I've been to Long Island. Yeah, see, everybody's yeah. been to more islands than they recognize. Now my list is getting longer and longer. Campobello Island. Where's that? Which is in Canada, right across the U.S. border, and it's the only foreign, it's the only U.S. national park in a foreign country, and it's where Roosevelt's family, so his parents had a house there. Hmm. Is it? It's a secret. It's across the border near Maine or, or near? Yes, Maine. So you drive to northern Maine and whatever, I forgot what province of Canada it's in, but it was a development in the early 1900s. It's Quebec. The, okay, I don't know. I'll trust you on that. Well, because when you go to Maine and go straight up, that's where you're going. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't it be Nova Scotia or some one of those maritime provinces I've been to Nova there? Scotia, and it's an island, mm-hmm. so there, it I'm is. adding it. Hmm. <laughs> Our list is getting longer. Um Mount Desert Island, which is Bar Harbor, Acadia National Park. <laughs> Mountain Desert Island. Mount They're Desert. squeezing three, three yeah. little geographies yeah, into one. Put it all Mount there. Desert Island. But it's not a desert. I don't know why they call it that. <laughs> and then Hawaii, Kauai, Oahu. I've been to the Galapagos Islands. Oh, man. So that's a handful oh, there. Now I'm jealous. Some Greek island. Zealand, which I've learned geography as a result of this. Zealand is the island on which Copenhagen is. Oh, oh Copenhagen is an island? Yes. It's on an island. Go back to the Galapagos. What are the names of those birds? With the frigate birds with the big... No, I think they're boobies. Well, there are blue-footed boobies and <laughs> yeah. brown-footed boobies and <laughs> I've forgotten. There's another kind of booby. Blue-footed <laughs> are the... Big star winners, the big attraction. So there is another kind of booby, huh? All right. But occasionally, I mean, they're not unique to the Galapagos Islands. So there, I think there were some brown boobies at, <laughs> up here on the Black Warrior River a few years ago. What? So if there's a large storm or something, often these birds can be blown inland. My cousin Lucy, the bird bird woman of Alabama. I called her up and bragged last, not this past spring, but the spring before about all the different birds in my backyard. I bragged and bragged and bragged. And uh, I even had bird people over here to to be jealous of all the birds that were coming to my backyard. And this year, not one different species <laughs> than what I have every day. So I called Lucy and she goes, well, storms can blow them off. So I guess that's what happened. But I thought God smited me for bragging. Be patient. Okay. My son, who recently returned from the island Japan, suggested that we um, not let this podcast go by without mentioning the island of Dolls off Mex- near Mexico City. You're all familiar with the island no. of Dolls? I'm not familiar with it a bit. It, it's the island where the story goes, a little girl drowned, and shortly after that, a man who lived there found a doll washed ashore, and he hung it in a tree to appease her spirit. And now the whole island 
Everybody that goes there takes dolls. You have to. You have to offer her dolls. Is this a spooky island? It's a spooky island. And there are dolls hanging in all states of disrepair, hanging in all, the whole island. Every tree is dolls hanging from the I'm trees. I'm just going to look this up on Wikipedia. You can do that. I want to go. I want to go. That's of all the islands that we've talked about today. That is the island that draws me the most. Of course, I'd love to go to Scotland and go to some. I've, I'd love to go to a lot of islands. Who am I kidding? But um, that Doll Island is the one that captured my imagination. Your imagination. I, like I want to talk about one of the islands that I've been to that's unusual. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't Mary, read my, I, I want you to be unusual. I know. I, I didn't read my island list, by the way. I'm like the listeners out there who are screaming the names of their islands. Mm-hmm. Tell me your islands. You want to hear it real quick before I tell you about my most interesting one? Yes. Grand Bahamas and Paradise Island, Long Island, Manhattan Island, Staten Island, Tybee Island, Oh, I've been to Staten Island. My husband's yep, actually from there, and there I, couldn't, I couldn't remember it. Oh, and let me interrupt you. And his grandfather drove the Staten Island Ferry. Well, you mm-hmm. know, Joe and I tried to get married on the Staten Island Ferry because we heard that river boat captains could marry you. And we were on the Staten Island Ferry and <laughs> asked him to marry us, and he just laughed. He says, I'm not a captain of a boat. <laughs> I just drive a ferry. <laughs> so we did not get married on the ferry boat to Staten Island. In fact, I don't even think we got off. <laughs> <laughs> we just turned around and went back. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Blurted right. marriage. I've been to the Dominican Republic, and the story of getting there is its an entire story of its own. I've been to Oahu, Venice, Dolphin Island, Edisto Island, where I go every year, the islands of Chincoteague and Assateague that have the ponies that Margaret Henry, Marguerite mm-hmm. Henry wrote about, some little random islands like Goat Island and Moccasin Island, and I've driven down the Keys to Key West and stayed on Marathon Island and a beautiful island in North uh, South Carolina called Johns Island that has the big oak tree that's the oldest oak tree this side of the Mississippi. But the island that I wanted to say a few words about is Tortuguero. I don't know exactly how to say it, even though it's my favorite place, Tortuguero in Costa Rica. It's a sandbar island, and you can only get there through these odd canals, these jungle canals. You get there by boat. And the reason that I chose to go there is because there's a place there, an Archie Carr research station. And Archie Carr started the Caribbean Conservation Corporation. They are responsible for the big education and rescue efforts for sea turtles. My friend John T. Moore used to tag turtles there. Every yeah. he, would leave, he would go to school in Auburn when he wanted to. Yeah. And then he would take a quarter or two off and go to Costa Rica and tag turtles. And went to Tortuguero more than mm-hmm. likely. He did. That's exactly where he went. An interesting tidbit about Archie Carr is he was my dad's major professor, and my dad loved him so much. And when my dad married my stepmom, who was a good bit younger, my dad had had a vasectomy, and had, he asked Archie Carr if he would be a, a sperm donor if Janie wanted to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> agreed that he would but hey, we ought to have a, a podcast where we uh, suggest our three favorite sperm donors exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i feel this tangential connection to archie carr and you know but anyway, he, could, when he could be your step uh step something uh, yeah <laughs> not step your, your step siblings daddy no exactly. step donor step donor no he wouldn't be my Step donor. <laughs> step donor is what she said. Step saying. donor. Yeah. yeah. I like so, that term. 
And if anybody adopts it, I, I want rights to it. Okay, I'm jotting that down with my tool pen. <laughs> but there are no cars or anything on the island of Torchigaro. It's quite lovely. And there are, it's inhabited. Other than There's Archie children. Car was there. Well, that's good. Now, that <laughs> yeah, was good. Archie Car. Oh, oh, car. When I was, went to St. Lucia, there were no cars. Uh, Amber, not St. Lucia. Duh. When I went to Ambergris Key off of Belize, there are no cars. They're just golf carts. People take their children to, mm-hmm. to school on golf carts. Well, this island did not have any golf carts. These, but these folks are walking and riding bicycles. Who's read or seen, or both, Night of the Iguana? Well, yeah. That's when John T. would talk about Tortuga. Isn't there a movie? Tortuga. Tortuguero. Tortuguero. I'm trying to say turtle, Tortuga. Yeah. He um, made it sound exactly like Night of the Iguana to me. In my mind, John T. was in Night of the Iguana when he would come back talking about yeah, yeah. Costa Rica. Mm. Well, we... Here's the thing. We we stayed several nights on that little bitty island and laughed real hard at Joe eating bugs. They would just Is that land husband? on the food. Yeah, and he would just take a bite. There were so many insects. Yes, that's my husband. And uh, anyway, when we were leaving, there was this couple. They showed up just in time for breakfast where we were staying, and then they got on the boat with us. I mean, when I say a boat, it was a little like a little rowboat with a little outboard motor, putt putt. You know, somebody puts you through the canals. And this loudmouth man was on the boat, and he was a real estate agent. And he was chatting with his friend, and of course he had a trophy wife. Oh, he was so boorish and awful. And he was saying, oh, yeah, we could buy this land, we could buy this land, and here's where we could copter in the girls. Because <laughs> prostitution is still legal in Costa Rica. Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> it was Jeffrey Epstein, I'm sure of it. And um, they were talking about opening a casino on the island of Tortuguero. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I know who was with him. I'm pretty sure it, it I was know too. Epstein and Trump, I'm telling you. And then, <laughs> but wait, y'all, it gets worse. So we were just listening, and we were so appalled. We we wanted to immediately scrub our bodies with lye soap just because they were close to us. Well, when we got back to the mainland, we got on a bus that would take us to the town where we were staying, and we had a small child with us. And so the bus driver said that he would change his route a little bit and drop us off first, and then he would resume the route. And this man, either Donald or Jeffrey, stood up and started screaming about, you will not change the route just because they have small children. They don't, they don't get any treatment better than the rest of us. You will go on the route you're assigned Whoa. to go on. You will not take this bus through that square. And the bus driver got on a little walkie-talkie, and he just pulled over, and we sat on the side of the road, and we sat on the side of the road, <laughs> and then another bus came up. And he just politely said to the, ma- to, to the men and the trophy lady that they could get off now and get on their own bus. And he got off, and he had his machetes and all these things, and, and off they went. And um, that was one of my first encounters with a person like that. I'm glad they didn't kill you like with a machete. Yeah. That he makes a good a Netflix started. But I'm I'm sure that's who it was now that I look back. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure with you. Yeah. Absolutely. When I mentioned Ambergris Key, I want to say one thing about that. We went snorkeling, and I think it's my last time for snorkeling because unless it's easy snorkel, because crawling in and out of the boat was difficult. We went snorkeling near a reef where we snorkeled with rays and sharks, nurse sharks and rays, and they chummed them up. And in the beginning of all this, the fishermen would 
throw out chum, and they the sharks started gathering there. So then it became a very popular place to take people snorkeling, which the swimming isn't hard because, as y'all know, I swim all the time. And rays and nurse sharks did not set off any alarms. But when I had to get in and out of the boat about six mm-hmm. times, I said, you know, this is my last snorkeling trip unless I can walk in. Seated, seated snorkeling. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> snorkeling from a glass boat where you just watch. <laughs> I saw somebody snorkeling yesterday in a river that was only one foot deep. I, I could see the bottom of that river so easily. I hmm. don't know why he was snorkeling. It's fun. Looking for fish But I mean, he couldn't barely even get his head in the water. It was so shallow. Yeah, I've loved, I've done some fun stuff. We do that in springs. They're not that deep in Florida. Well, um, my favorite island to talk about is Ireland. How many people have been to Ireland? Hans? No. Lots and lots of people have been to Ireland. Which I'll have. (laughs) I've never been. Well, I planned this lovely trip that sort of makes a smiley face around southern, from the middle of Ireland on the coast all the way down to the other middle of the Ireland coast, and it's from Belfast to Galway. And that's the perfect trip, and it is absolutely breathtaking. Just beautiful. It reminds me of Highway 1 on steroids. Highway 1 in California on steroids. Wow. But my son, who was going with me, the famous Rivers Langley, said, oh, no, we have to go to Belfast. And I thought, you know, I just really don't care if we go to Belfast. And I tried to talk him out of it. Well, the reason he wanted to go to Belfast, and this shows you the mind of a comedian, was he wanted to go to the Giant's Causeway, which is all these millions off the coast columns of, is it basalt? Basalt. 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 And it looks like, some of them looks like where a giant could walk out into the ocean. There's just hundreds of them. And this is on the cover of a Led Zeppelin island called... Uh, House of the Holy, Houses of the Holy, which is his main reason, because it was on an album cover, and this Mm -hmm. is the life I live. Well, I think Mary and I would agree that one of the most beautiful sights in the world is Chris Christopherson's Easter Island Mm -hmm. album cover. That's nice. I would love to go there because it's an album cover, and on that particular island, I would choose Chris Christopherson to be on the island with me. <laughs> I see. Even though he's elderly and can't even help though much. he's eighty something, he is he's still, he's still stunning. Quite handsome. He's quite stunning. Handsome. And Hans, what's your favorite island and sto- island story? Well, it was quite satisfying to see John Belushi's grave. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that's your answer, There huh? were some magical moments on the Galapagos <laughs> Islands too long ago, so... Well, do you have anything to say about albums co- album covers? Have you ever gone somewhere because of an album cover? At Mono Lake. What? Mono hmm. Lake. In, I think it's in California. Maybe it's in Nevada. It's somewhere right close to where the two states line up. But the Mono Lake got on the radar screen because of the one of the Pink Floyd albums. And do you know about oh. Mono Lake? No, I, I don't, don't know one thing Mono about Lake it. is an inland salt lake and it's so laden with salt that it's easy to float, but there are these Can you drown in Mono Lake? Uh, yeah, I think people drown in their bathtubs, Gail, so <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> well, if that's you hold me under long enough that's I'm sure after I can their husband hits him on the head though. <laughs> the um there, there are these very peculiar rock formations there too that come out of the lake, and and so that's that's it. That's it. Not an insular story, but 
I go to Edisto Island every year, and it's my favorite island. It's on South Carolina. And one of the things I've seen there that's unique to that area, low country South Carolina, is something called strand feeding. I was kayaking up into the river, and a dolphin came by so fast she could have been pulling a water skier and threw herself on the mud banks of this river or this marsh. And I thought she'd lost her mind. I thought this dolphin has lost her mind and she's committing suicide in front Mm -hmm. of me. And then she flapped and wiggled and slid on down the bank of the river with her calf and off they went. And I just, I was just stunned. I'd never seen anything like that in my entire life. And I've seen a lot of things out in the wild. And so the naturalist that was with us told us that was called strand feeding. And it's a behavior that the dolphins in that area, low country, South Carolina area, have taught each other. And they chase schools of fish up onto the banks of the small muddy islands and marshes and strand the fish and catch them coming down. So she was teaching her calf. And, of course, I was, like, listening and thinking, wow, that's really amazing. But then the first thing I did when I got some Wi-Fi was look it up, you know, because we're all just a bunch of skeptics. And there was a whole, like, a Nova show about the strand feeding that happens in that area. And it turns out I was just really, really, really lucky to be able to see it. Uh, fantastic. If my husband knew this, he would go there because he loves fish. He loves two yeah. fish. Keeping well, there's a lot of fish. And the thing that makes Edisto so special is the dolphins are there all the time, every day. And you will see them every single day. You can get really close to them, like within, you know, 30 feet, just standing there. They come up so close to the edge. There's a gentleman named Drew Lanham who is a biology professor at Clemson, and he's also a birder, and he's a wonderful writer, and he's been just posting on Facebook from his visit to Edisto Edisto Island. That's pretty fabulous. And he brings the... um, this African-American cultural perspective into his writings and into interpreting what's going on in biology. Mm-hmm. Well worth checking out. He has a sense of humor, which if you look up on YouTube, you can find, look up the How to Be a Black Birder. <laughs> oh, I love it. How to Be a Black well, Birder. that's a big part of Edisto is the Gullah culture is still active and strong there, and the actual island is populated mostly by African-Americans, but then the beach area is populated by, you know, rich retirees. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's just a, there's a lot of interesting history, and I won't bore you with things you could look up on Wikipedia, but Have it's you part read of what makes it charming. Have you read Paget Powell's Edisto, the novel? Believe it or not, I haven't, but I've read several other things Edisto things because it's sort of a haven for writers. It um, there's a moment in Edisto, the novel, in which I used it in my dissertation on magical realism. Actually, uh, a a black woman is sitting there. She has something's. It's been a long time since I read this book, but there's something wrong with her foot or her feet. I think it's a foot, and she sticks her foot in a sweet potato, a baked sweet potato. Is it hot? I can't remember, but in this mo- somehow or another in this moment, it seems to me if I remember the novel right, suddenly maybe the narrator starts to see everybody walking around in sweet potatoes. It's just a, oh, nice. just a fleeting, magical moment in the novel that, that was, to me, my favorite part of that novel. So she was the sweet potato queen. I guess she was a sweet potato queen. Well, I wanted to tell you all one other thing that happened when I was on an island, and I was on St. Lucia. Our hotel suites or rooms were 
up a rock. I guess you would walk up the steps of this rock, and it was on a cliff overlooking a bay. And St. Lucia's neighbors are Martinique and Barbados. And I do not know where this ship was docked, but on Friday they come over to St. Lucia. And th- in the late afternoon, we're, we're sipping our, our toddies, sitting there, and in sails the Black Pearl. <laughs> and I can't explain this to you or tell you why. I don't know if it's a tour or whatever, but I will say I was wondering it. I had one too many of the toddies. <laughs> and I, I wonder, have y'all ever seen a ship like the Black Pearl on any islands? No. Now, was that a Johnny Depp ship? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just in Helen, Georgia, and at the Putt Putt Golf, there's a statue of Johnny Depp, the pirate, and the friend that I was with thought it was real. <laughs> she kept sticking her head in the Putt Putt Golf thing, going, "Y'all, I think that's a real man." And he thought she thought it was Johnny Depp. I, she thought it was a Johnny Depp lookalike but who just is, happened to be hanging out at the Putt Putt on. Is was he part Helen, of the Putt Putt, or was of he? Of course, he was part of the Putt Putt. So where does one any fake figure? Where does one? Uh, put the golf ball. Oh, he was just sitting on the counter or something. Oh. You know, at the place where you go get your There used to be a guy on campus that, honest to God, was a dead ringer for Johnny Depp in that movie. He had the hairdo, the outfit, and he walked around campus. Was it Johnny Depp? It was not Johnny Depp. It was, but it was... I'm surprised you didn't put him on the island with you. I did have my photograph made with the imposter but you know there's been this long line of imposters and I'm just done with it. I had my photograph with the imposter Bigfoot. Uh, oh <laughs> that's nice. I had my photograph with Merv Griffin on the island of Venice and I was with a very attractive friend Lizzie. She's oh this very is a pretty. brush with greatness. Yeah and so Merv Griffin was there with Connie Francis and Rob Reiner, I kid you not, and Rob asked my friend Lizzie, he asked us both, but he was looking at her. We were only 15 or 16. Well, actually, it might have been Jeffrey Epstein, but anyway, I think it was Rob Reiner. No, I know it was. He asked us if we wanted to go spend the day with them on the island of the Lido and play tennis, and uh, we had to say no because... My grandmother was with us on this trip, and Lizzie and, and I were And she can't play it. tennis, can yeah, she? she could, she was popping her head around, like Lizzie and I would go off with cute boys to drink in bars, and my grandmother's head would pop up at the window. She'd be like knocking on the window, come on, girls. Well, surely Connie so Francis would have been there to chaperone. She would have been a great chaperone. Where the boys are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had several brush with greatness, but... I was, in, when I was in college, one of my girlfriends was dating one of the cameramen who was filming Green Beret. So we went over there, and David Jansen was getting gin and tonics out of his car and invited us in for a gin and tonic, which I immediately said, well, of course. And the rest of them went, no. So I followed the crowd to the cameraman's place rather than David Jansen, which I think is probably one of the biggest mistakes of my life. That was a very bad decision. Did you go to Fort Benning or did you go to the house in Columbus where it was being filmed? No, parts of it were filmed. This was the kind of apartments they were living in to to, um, make the movie. One of my favorite houses in the whole world, it's gone now, was in Columbus called Hilton House. And they filmed certain scenes of Green Beret because her yard was overgrown. And the lady who lived there, who's also gone now, her point of honor when you went to her house was there was a hole in the plaster going up the stairs. And she'd say, 
John Wayne knocked that <laughs> hole in the plaster. <laughs> I'd never repair that hole. She either. never <laughs> repaired that hole. She had a Christmas tree that had been up for something like 15 years. And um, I went to see it the night it was being taken down because her daughter was, had chosen to get married in the old family house. It was a beautiful Italianate house. It was absolutely beautiful. And she called Ripley's Believe It or Not to put her in. And they called back while I was there and said they were sorry, but her Christmas tree was not the oldest Christmas tree and was not going to make Ripley's Believe It or Not. Why had she left it up for so long? She just was so delighted by it because she mm-hmm. had decorations on it that her husband had made in elementary school and that all her children had made it. It just made her happy to have okay. that tree up. And it was, of course, dead as a door knocker, but it had oh, all... it was a live tree she left up for 15 uh-huh. years? Uh-huh. But, like, but not, a, not but in a pot. It was in water? It, it was just a tree like we would go out oh, to Home Depot okay. and get and stick in a thing and take down five seven days after new year's or whatever but it was dead you left yours up much longer i I usually left mine up till my birthday in february is that an all saints day your Uh birthday yeah (laughs) well i want to mention one other island and and i have a reason for it i want my our listening audience to pay attention at this point and that is in the spring i went to cuba and the main reason I went to Cuba, other than to see Cuba, is my father played football there in 1936. Actually, it was the first day of 1937 with the API, which is now Auburn University football team. And I am interviewing the children of that team because everyone on the team is gone now. So if you're out there and listening and you know something about the Rumba Bowl, please get in contact with me. And at the end of our broadcast today, we will tell you how to do that. And I think we've come to the portion of the show that we call Mystic Moments. And we have absolutely no idea what that means. Mary, can you enlighten us? Well, my original thought of the mystic moments would we would talk about what we were working on or writing, and then we all just kind of decided we would just talk about anything that we felt like talking about, which we do anyway, so I don't know why we have have a moment, but I, I want to tell my mystic moment for the week, and that was that a rather large and healthy Midland water snake showed up in my downstairs toilet in Cary Woods. We're on the city sewer system, and after spending at least a whole day trying to catch that little rascal, it finally just took off back up the hole it came from. So for those of you that think that's a myth, it can happen to you. That's my (laughs) mystic moment. I don't have a, a mystic moment that exciting, but one thing I've been concentrating on for the last two weeks is I want to start growing microgreens. So if anybody has any advice about microgreens we'll tell you how to contact the mystics at the end of the broadcast i have a question yes what's microgreens what are they i'm glad you asked (laughs) a microgreen is not the vegetable or the sprout it's the tiny micro thing that comes out when the seed first starts it's similar to a sprout but they're more tender they're live food which seed was sprouting well, the ones that I recently bought at the Ag, is it Ag Hill? It's Ag, just the Auburn Ag, whatever Farmers it market. is, Farmer's Market. That guy had about 14 different sprouts. He had radish, collard, amaranth, clover, I believe, sunflower, different kinds of beans. They were absolutely, and he, I bought a mix of them, and they were absolutely delicious. You know, you could write a column. On the farmer's market. I did. This, it, it will be in the Citizen of East Alabama 
tomorrow. Oh, great. As a matter of fact. Hmm. Well, that was my great idea. Now, um, Hans, do you have a mystic moment? <laughs> Y'all should see his face. <laughs> it's flabbergasted. I had a mystic moment this morning when I saw my dog walking around like a drunk sailor out in the front yard after having a convulsion. Oh, oh no. that's horrible. Yeah. Is she okay? She's old. She's old. Has she, had, has she had seizures before? No. So I've taken her to the vet, and the vet's yeah, I got a, her. Yeah, I got a message from Hans that he wasn't sure he could come today, and I was thinking, mm. I hate to tell this to, <laughs> to the mystics, because we're missing three mystics. We are. We're missing Margie, who is in uh, Edinburgh. An island. Mm-hmm. We're missing Joanne, who's in pain, because she's got a, the common cold. And we're missing Katie, and we're never quite sure why we're missing Katie, but we really miss her. And so we want to shout out to the three mystics that didn't make it today, and we're glad you did, Hans. I have a mystic moment, I think. I don't know if I should tell it, but of course I will. And that was at our last mystic meeting. I don't know why we were meeting. I was complaining to the mystics about this one writer for our local newspaper, and I said that I thought it was, I was, had read... You know, I'd skimmed and scanned her article. Obviously, I'd, I didn't read it or I'd know this. And I thought, I, th- I said to him, I think her husband died. All she writes about is death, dying, and the stages of getting over it and grief. And I said, this this has gone on too long and the OA News <laughs> needs to fire her. <laughs> and uh, everybody looked at me like I was horrible and said, She's the top executive officer for Hospice Gale. (laughs) (laughs) So I immediately uh, felt bad about this, and I'm sure God will smite me, but that was my mystic moment. So we have come to our contact information. We want to thank Hans for coming down from Birmingham to enliven our show. And uh, Mystic Mary, can you tell us how to contact the mystics i can but first i want to tell you something i'm nosy as can be and that's good for a writer and i'm looking over at hans's notes and he obviously did a little research and would you read us some of your definitions of island let's see islands are formed by volcanic action or are part of a continental plate floating on top of the earth's mantle keys are sandy low elevation islands that form on top of coral reefs ah Islands are smaller than continents. <laughs> and then I'll, the definition I really like is that an island can be a kitchen counter that's approachable from all sides. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could have had a whole different podcast if we could. Well, we're going to do one island. on food later in our <laughs> season, too, so we'll talk about our islands. Righty. Okay, well, you can find the Mystics on Facebook. You can just look for the Mystic Order of East Alabama. You can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is the Mystics Pod, and there is an S at the end of Mystics. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Mystics Pod. And you can email us at the Mystics Pod at gmail.com. Our books are available on Amazon, and we are always happy to come do readings and entertain at your book club or your garden club or your food club or whatever club and if you've enjoyed the podcast please rate review and subscribe and remember be the the flame. flame
not the moth. moth.